So, but I guess the first question I got, and this is the question I, 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 I kind of, I like to know the answer on, but from when Metallica first formed, you were around when, when Metallica first formed up, mm-hmm. um, was there any other basis beyond McGovney or was it just, was it him and then it just went right to Cliff and then that's how it went? Yeah, that was pretty much it. I mean, James was in bands before that. With a couple other guys, but uh, no, it was pretty much it. Nobody in between there. Really? Okay. And then, so did, as far as the the photos and so forth like that, and you guys doing your own thing and taking pictures and so forth, how did that come about as far as you, like, did you just go up to Metallica or go up to James or go up to Kerry King or whoever at the time that was doing this and say, hey, I'm just going to start taking pictures? Yeah, pretty much so. I, I scaled it, it play, and then I'd take pictures, and then next time they came around again, I'd have a bunch of uh, prints, you know, from the shops, and I'd give the band photos, and then that's kind of how I got spread in with them, you know, got to know them. Really? And, uh, uh, you know, Metallica, you know, we started going over their place all the time, before gigs, you know, to get all the lights to shows and stuff, getting fully plastered and stuff before we'd uh, go to the shows together, you know? Wow. Did, uh, now, as far as, like, you know, when you, I guess when the, I guess, I was reading from the book as, as far as, like, what, what exactly you guys, you know, from Murder in the Front Room, I was reading that it said under that you, did you start your own magazine up and start your own stuff and, and start doing that as far as, like, with all your interviews and everything going on? Uh, Brian had his own magazine, um, the guy, I the photos in there, the other part of them, but, uh, uh, I contributed regularly to, to, uh, Metal Mania, Sponsor Counter's magazine, all the time. So, that was almost like my magazine. No way, you know? Yeah, I would think so. And then, as far as, like, just the atmosphere of what, you know, what was going on back then, with how big was, I, I guess, when Metallica hit, and I guess it would think, you know, they're the, the, I guess, the forefathers of Thrash, but when that music started hitting, what was the reaction like with the fans? I mean, how, how what was that like? Oh, it was crazy, yeah. It was cool, I mean... It was kind of, it was weird because when they started getting more popular and they went off to Europe and everything. Right. It was kind of, uh, people got, well, I was kind of pissed because I, I didn't want to share share them with the rest of the world. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. They're like my own secret band that I, you know, that me and my friends were into. And uh, the more popular they got, of course, the less and less we started seeing of them. But they always would, uh, whenever they were home, you know, from touring or whatever, they had always had a gig, you know, Rudy's name was pretty much like their clubhouse, you know? Right down the street, like a mile away, so they could walk home if they got too drunk. You know? Wow, I didn't even, yeah, because I didn't, like I said, with the with the Bay Area being the way it is, and from the magazine or from the book and reading everything I, I possibly read about it, I was just, I was completely stunned. And just to find out that you have way more pictures than what's even in the book is unreal. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's fucking that's the drop in the bucket, dude. I can't. <laughs> I can find more stuff. I can't, I can't even imagine how much history you have sitting there. Just, it's, it's got to be unreal. But when, totally. when you were close to Metallica and so forth like that, and when Dave, when the whole thing with Dave Mustang happened, um, it, how was, how was that? How was, how quick was that before Megadeth was like, before they even, you know, from the time he was out of Metallica to Megadeth form, how far, how close was that? Was it a year or two, or was it just uh, months? That was about six months. Really? Eight months, maybe? It was pretty quick, man. He didn't waste any time, you know? Wow. Uh, one, thing that, that was kind of, one thing that was kind of weird was, 
Uh, back then, uh, Dave Dave was more more of a frontman than James was. Almost, he did almost all the talking in between the in between the songs. And because um, uh, James was really shy back then, uh, so everybody in the Bay Area was really really surprised that uh, uh, he got canned because everyone kind of thought he was a frontman, you know. In a way, back then, you know. Wow. So James kind of came out of the sh- came out of the shell. So there was a bunch of people were surprised, but uh, a lot of people in the Bay Area, you know, hung out with Dave and they, they knew what he was like. And he just, you know, if the party started at 6 o'clock, he'd be shit-faced by 6.15, you know. He'd be like, like, you know. Wow, I so, can't believe that. Now, as far as, now when, when Kirk Hammett came involved into it, how, what was that like with Exodus and so forth? What was he like? Well, I mean, what, what was the... Because Hammett wasn't, it wasn't with Metallica from the very beginning, right? So when when Dave left and then Hammett pulled in there, did you know the guys from Exodus at all? Did you did you kind of you know find the reaction or what they thought about it, or was it just kind of something that was because because all this stuff seemed to happen? I mean, very close to each other. It was within months and everything. Oh yeah, Exodus kind of pissed. Um... Kirk had a couple of songs that he ended up using for Metallica that, that they were going to use for Exodus. But, uh, <laughs> he actually thought it was an April Fool's Day joke when he first got the call. Um, he didn't think it was real. And then the next day, next day, what's that? Do what? He thought it was an April Fool's Day joke. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, because I can't even, I can't even imagine that. But it's because everything seemed like it happened in line, like it was almost meant to be. Like Dave got, Dave got kicked out of. Yeah, he was always better came out and and tried out. So if he had to work out, they were kind of fucked. This right before they're about to record their album too, so he had to learn shit really quickly. Now, (laughs) did Kerry King actually play with Megadeth for a long? Was he an actual member of Megadeth for a while, or was he just playing around with them? Um, no, he was full, 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 um, full blown member there for, for like, probably about maybe a year period. They came up here and did like five or six shows with them. And when he'd come up here with them, he'd be all Sub Slayer. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, stick with Megadeth and then he'd come up here with Slayer and he'd say, fuck Megadeth, you know, on the stage and fucking chirp and all that stuff, you know, like that. Right. So, it depended on, you know, the stand he was up here with. But, <laughs> that's one of the cool things I got to with all these shots of the, those shows, you know. Wow. I guess, and, and I guess another question would be, when Cliff passed away, I mean, obviously it was beyond tragic. And then you personally, though, I mean, I don't know how close you were to Hanneman when he passed away. And, I mean, how did you feel about that stuff as far as, like, you know, were you close to the guys, you know, when when it both happened? Or were you kind of, especially with Hanneman, were you kind of distant from him? You know, like, hey, I didn't talk to him and... Yeah, uh, well, they were. I mean, they could have been more different people. Then uh, Cliff, Cliff is much more jovial, much more uh, friendly and sociable, down to earth. Kind of not that not that Hanneman wasn't, but <laughs> Hanneman had a much more uh, dry, bitter kind of uh, fuck the world attitude than Cliff had. You know, Cliff was way more. Cliff, I mean, basically, Cliff was a much nicer guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you think? Do you I mean, think? Hanneman was cool and everything, but <laughs> he just kind of had a. Um, he had a like a. Pessimistic, much more pessimistic view of the world than Cliff did, you know? Do you think if Cliff was alive, do you think Metallica would be going down the same road that they're going down now, or do you think it'd be a lot different? No, not at all. I mean, there's certain things that, you know, people say that, uh, you know, the, the Lou Reed album, the Lou thing is a piece of crap and stuff, but 
fun thing about Cliff, he would have been right there. He would have thought that was great, you know? Right. He was also the, he was also the experimentation part. But when they started wearing, like, eyeliner, they started wearing the furs, like, you too, and something like that, he would have been totally against that. Right. Well, he would have said, they never would have done that, I'm sure. He would have said, what the fuck are you guys doing here, man? Look at yourself. You look like a bunch of fucking, fucking guys in drag, you know? <laughs> yeah, I can't, you know. I can't understand it, but with you... <clears throat> As far as your own music career and, and being involved with these bands and, and, and seeing the history of metal kind of and thrash metal grow and, and become what it's become today, what is one thing you would think personally that, that do you think thrash metal is where it needs to be from the, from the past of where it came from? Or do you think things, if things would have changed a little bit differently, it'd be a little bit more bigger or a little bit less? Yeah, well, Metallica, they're, they're like, you know, they're, they're like a league into their own. I mean, they're, they're so much more bigger than the other bands. It's not even funny, you know. But um, no, I think it's pretty healthy now. It's, it's not like it used to be. I mean, back then, see, we, it's like, um, we didn't even realize how cool it was. It was when it was happening, you know what I mean? Right. Kind of in hindsight, you know, we look back in hindsight and stuff. And that's one thing that's, that's, that's cool about the folk and everything, I think, that shows in the book is that... Uh, that uh, there was no, really no distinction between the fans and the bands, you know. It wasn't a big like rock star kind of deal, you know. Everybody just hung out together, and you know we were just friends with them. And they were friends that happened to play in bands, you know. Right. It wasn't like it wasn't like you know like sitting on a big pedestal, an elevated on a big pedestal. We, you know, we all we all not that we looked up to them, but they were just friends that we happened to you know hang out with, you know. But um, uh, as far as some of the bands that are still together now, I think like some of the bands like Testament and, and Machine Head and Death Angel and stuff like that. I think they've got some of the best stuff in their careers, you know. I agree. I do agree at on that. Point, you know, stuff that's coming back around again, you know. I mean, much as much as you know, I'm kind of like Warbringer and some of the, you know, the younger people that are keeping the flag flying for trash, which is great, you know. I'm, I'm still so blown away by uh, by DRI shows, though. How, how many young people are at the shows, you know. It's amazing. It is amazing. We're so lucky to have a crowd like that. You know, because to me, DRI, when I was a kid, it was like, you know, it was more with the Suicide Tennessee skateboarding crew, you know, you had, uh, uh, you had them yeah, and, oh yeah, definitely all that stuff, you know, that's, that's the way it was, and nowadays everyone's like, you know, it's, but to me, it's, it's, I tell everyone to go see DRI or go see certain bands because it's a part of history. They don't understand who's standing there playing. It's not just a band. Uh, this band, you know, DRI to me formed so much of, of the punk mu- movement and it was so uh, important in that world at that time that I don't think some bands wouldn't have formed or, or wouldn't have been around if it wasn't for DRI. No, I agree, I agree. It's, uh, I didn't think I'd be doing this, this part of my life either. It's pretty cool. I, mean, I, I was friends with them for a long time before I ever joined the band. I used to really for the other bass player stuff and uh, I would always take pictures for them and stuff and we hung out a bunch of times and uh, it's just so... Um, and they had Chumley, they all had a little big special camp for, it was like 15, 15 or 16 shows all over the state, so it was like, you know, 40 bands, it was like, you know, uh, 40 punk bands, you know, all these English bands and stuff, and the guy they had, they all liked a little bit for him, he's one of my best friends, but uh, basically I had to learn 32 songs in like two days. Wow. <laughs> my first my first show was at the Milwaukee Metal Fest in front of like 10,000 people. I'd be freaking out. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, yeah. oh my God. Do now you yeah. said you're gonna create uh you said you're working on making a new book or is that just 
in the near future or the late future, you think, or? Yeah, um, unfortunately, the guy I did the book with, uh, I think it was all of our work that he expected, and, and, uh, because the publisher guy, the, the guy that sets out the book, he's the one who did all the layout and everything, um, we're talking about doing something again, I mean, it's, it, it, it's done amazingly well, but, um, sort of like third printing right now, right. and I think it's sold about 72,000 copies so far, which isn't bad, so, well, I definitely, I'll definitely, if you make a new book, I definitely want it. That's one thing I definitely want to get, but the other... Yeah, I, if I did another, if I did another one, it did Oh, yeah, definitely. I would, but no, I, the big question I've got, and, and it's something I've always wanted to know, but how many bands back in the day, other than Metallica Slayer, did you ever run across Anthrax? I know they're from New York, but did you, you know what other bands other than Suicidal and, and I guess Possessed and so forth? What other bands were you? Did you have any contact with back then? I mean, did you get to see did Metallica take you with you, take them with you for a little bit, and let you hang out and so forth like that, or no? Or um, yeah, actually, quite a bit. Like King Diamond, Universal Fate, hung out with quite a bit, did a bunch of photos of them and the Creator. Sort of a kind tour when they opened for BRI. Um, I still hang out with them all the time when I was there in town. They're great guys. Um, German band creator and um, oh, let's see, of uh, violence. You know, became a machine head. They're good buddies of mine. We got hung out all the time. Testament, of course. Um, uh, I'm playing. I'm playing with Blind Illusion now too. I'm coming up to play with them. Who is it? A guy called Blind Illusion. Um, I think I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, Larry from Possessed used to be in the band, and Les Claypool used to play bass for Yep, yep, yep. But they were around back then, too. They were, they, they were one of my favorite bands, and I jumped at the opportunity to play with them, you know? Right. I pretty good, too. I've been jamming with them on the side, but I'm not doing the DRI thing, so... Um, kind of more progressive, kind of thrash stuff. Uh, did an album in 1988 called Sane Asylum, that's fucking one of my favorite albums ever. Wow. But it's uh, definitely a little more challenging than the DRI music, you know? Way more uh, progressive, more like rush kind of stuff, you know. Right. Did you did you ever try out for any of those bands back then? Um, no, not really. Um, I think uh, one one of the problems was uh, I I knew them too well, you know, for yeah. partying and stuff. It might have been a, a strike against me because uh, I like to party, you know. <laughs> so, I, I still do. So, <laughs> to a certain extent. So did. Uh, I guess, I guess for the most part, um, you know, with you having the career that you've had and, and you've seen the stuff that you've seen and the people you've been involved with, and it's kind of a stupid question to ask, but is there one highlight or is there one thing that you're like, you know what, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that well, one thing that's ever happened. Much. I don't think it's a stupid question at all. Um, uh, Probably the band The Green, the big big show in Metallica played with Scorpions and Rat and Ingve and Lion T and they played in front of like sixty thousand people. Yeah. That was like a huge that was like a huge thing. That was one of the first times I got to go backstage. Uh the big a big show like that. And uh, that's where I talk about in the book where um they uh, the Metallica guys said they only had like three or four passes, photo passes, and then if I wanted one I'd have to work for it. So they had me do their dishes and take out their garbage and stuff. <laughs> they were just fucking with me of course, but right. I actually believed them. That I had to do that shit, but uh, yeah, the day in the green was fucking amazing. That was like that was one of the, that was the time when I I saw the potential for Metallica to become huge, you know. 
Wow. The Vegas fucking crushed that day. You know, it was so amazing, you know. And then uh, another show, too, was uh, uh, on New Year's Eve when they played, Metallica played with Metal Church and Megadeth and uh, Exodus. And so that was great because I knew, I knew all four of the bands and I just went from dressing room to dressing room just fucking partying my brains out. And uh, that was pretty special life. But uh, I'd say the one career highlight out of out of all the shit that I've done or whatever, I'd say it's probably when Metallica did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. They flew me and 150 of their old friends back then to Cleveland, put us up in a hotel, paid for the airfare, fucking everything in a roast the night before the ceremony. And it was so much fucking fun, dude. It was like, it was incredible. When I got a phone call, I couldn't believe it, dude. It's like, wow, the talk is going to fly me out to Cleveland, you know? It's fucking incredible. I was like totally honored to be even be asked, you know? Uh, and basically, everybody that they asked showed up except for Mustaine didn't show up because he wasn't eligible to even be, to get an award because he didn't play on any of the albums with them, you know? It kind of sucks, you know? Why, I thought he, I thought he was, everyone said, okay, here, let's, let's end this now. Did, did, did Mustang write Kill Em All? Did he write anything on that album, or was that just Metallica? Oh, yeah. He wrote a bunch of it. Why, why his, yeah. why isn't he not nominated with them? He was part of them. Because he, he, he has to perform on the album. He has to play. Oh, okay, 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 okay. That's so, one of the So, so he doesn't, I, I assume, I guess, well, that's not even any of our business, but I guess he doesn't get any rights to that or anything. I wouldn't think. I, that's, he's publishing for that stuff, you know. He gets money for help with that stuff, but at least they're, they're buddies they finally, you know, after all this shit, you know. He had a huge chip on his shoulder for years and years about the Taliban, you know. Oh, oh yeah. He got made it so quickly together, you know. Well, he's... He didn't waste any time. No, Megadeth's huge now anyway. I, I Megadeth's just a monster of a beast, but... I, I think that, and that's the thing to me is that. Have you ever met Anthrax? Have you? Did you ever meet those guys oh, or any? Oh yeah, I know. I know Charlie and, and Scott pretty well. They um, how do they? Did they come out quite a bit to the Bay Area and play? Did they? Did they hang out quite a bit? Though they're from New York and everything, but did did you yeah, get? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, when their first album came out, they they, they played the Kabuki in San Francisco with uh with Raven and uh, Exodus. They actually just stopped them, I thought, but uh, uh, it was a West, West Coast, East Coast competition thing, you know? Right. We kind of gave them a hard time when they came out here, but over the years, I've gotten to know them pretty good. They're cool, they're cool guys and everything, but uh, when they first came out here, it was kind of a competition thing. Yeah, I wonder. The fans did the hard time, but they said that his mom was calling him and he was late for supper and all this stuff like that. It was pretty funny, actually. Do you think Anthrax feels any heat? Because the, the, the rest of the bands, I think, are, you know, Anthrax is still doing the smaller venues. It, it, I, I've seen them. They they played here in St. Louis and did a smaller venue, but you never see. You well, yeah, they're, 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 out, of, out of the big four, I'd say they're, they're the they're the least big of the four. Right. Yeah, that's I. It's I th- not just it's not even an East Coast West Coast thing. You know? I think it's more. Uh, their um, their music is as good, you know. 
I, they're good book and everything. Don't get me wrong. I, I like them, you know. But I think Spreading the Disease and fucking Among the Living are fucking great records, you know. Oh, they're, they're, I, that's, that's probably some of the best, that's right up there to me with, with the others, but... I don't know. I think that they just. Uh, I, I think that they've always felt that they were never big enough, you know. And I, I never knew, you know. It was just something that was just like, yeah. well. And and I well, think. If you compare like if you, if you compare their body of work to, to the other bands, I think they're they're just like they're like way behind, you know. Oh my as God! As, yes. As far as good albums, you know, you know, you know, all these Metallica has, you know, way more killer albums, even though they kind of. I thought Metallica was great. I thought Death Magnetic was fucking definitely. Yeah, it's getting there. I'm waiting for the new album. I hope that it's. I I wish. I don't know if it's just because they can't, but I don't know if they'll ever be able to play like they did with Kill 'Em All and Ride of Lightning. I don't know if they'll ever be able to. I don't think so either. I mean, they set the bar so high on those first three or four albums that, you know, that I don't think they'll ever be able to do that again, you know? It was just a different mindset back then, you know? Oh, yeah, it was. It is well. That's the way I look at it, and and people don't realize oh, yeah. it. People do not realize if it wasn't for like five or six bands or seven bands that that started what they started and then doing what they did, it, it just it, it it wouldn't be the same today. They don't understand. People don't get yeah. it, especially yeah. young people. They don't. And did yeah, and, and so many people talk shit about them too. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's like you gotta give them credit. You know, it's at the end a, of the day, I mean, plus out of all the bands, they they, they definitely um, they definitely take care of their fans and the fans probably best out of any of the bands, hands down. You know, yeah. I mean, the thing the 30th anniversary, they played like four nights in a row, and they, that was just amazing too. It was just incredible. You know, I mean, that, know, everybody that ever did a cover song. Wow. Now, did you ever meet yeah. Newstead, Jason Newstead at all, or no? Oh, yeah. No, Jason's great. I totally know Jason. He's coolest ever, man. So, I think that time he was in that band, I think, was just the wrong time. And I just, I think he's a very talented bassist. I think he's a cool guy. But I just think he was right, at the greatest. wrong place at the wrong yeah. time. Yeah, he saw Cliff, obviously, but, um, you know, uh, but out of all the people in the band, when he was in the band, he was one of the only guys that always come out every night. He'd come out and sign autographs for the fans and everything and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. So, Jason's great, man. Cool try ever, man. <coughs> I don't know what he's doing now. He came out kind of with his metal stuff again, and then he just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. I don't know what happened, though. Didn't he go to, didn't he, isn't he playing for, uh, isn't he back with Flossum and Jetsum? Or, I yeah, thought he, Frost or somebody for a while there, or Voivod, or, uh, Voivod or something. Voivod. I,
Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll get up. I know you're a busy guy, Harold, and I appreciate everything. And I will hit you oh, up yeah. again. And okay. uh, I'll message you on Facebook again and see if you want to get added. And I'll, I'll so that way you can see the interview and all that stuff. And I'll try to send you links and everything and take care of it for you, buddy. Oh, definitely, definitely. And then uh, I hope you guys come back to St. Louis soon, man. Yeah, definitely. Should be sometime this year. So fun. That'll be definitely cool. Maybe we'll all go out to dinner or something, man, and hang out or something for a minute. But um, I will, uh, I'll text you and I'll hit you up here soon, man. Sounds good, man. All right, you take, take care, buddy. Yeah, thanks. All right, bye-bye, buddy.